Welcome to Unsinkable, where we talk about marketing and mindset tactics that help online coaches stay afloat no matter what the world throws at them. Today, we are talking about being an empath in the world that is currently our reality today. And this is something that we have talked about several times over the course of the last probably 18 months since COVID started, mostly on Instagram, a few times on the podcast, but I wanted to do an episode dedicated to this, tell you about some things that I have found that have helped me, and um, just share some resources. So I did a poll on my Insta stories a couple weeks ago and asked if anybody else was feeling just generally drained and exhausted by everything, and over 90% of you said yes. And I... I mean, it doesn't surprise me in the slightest because I know how I've been feeling. So um, it seemed timely to do this episode. Now, if you're wondering what an empath is, if you're not familiar with that or if you've never been quite sure if that's you, um, basically an empath is someone who can sense or take on the emotions of those around them. And around them is a pretty loose definition because yes, that means people, you know, in your world. So if you're married, you can usually tell when your spouse is feeling some kind of way and you actually start to feel it in your body too, not just perceive that they're feeling it. But also now I have noticed, and I've talked to a lot of empaths who are noticing this, that it's um, just the collective as a whole, how the world is feeling, how um, the general group that we're a part of is feeling. And so um, that's when it starts to get really exhausting because there's so much, um, going on right now no matter what you believe about anything that's going on there is a lot going on no matter where you are so um that's why i wanted to address this now quickly before we jump in there is a difference between being an empath and a highly sensitive person and i had to google this because i was curious highly sensitive people are um, people who perceive changes in their environment extremely easily even subtle changes Um, they get overstimulated pretty quickly um, and there's a whole, you know, body of research around highly, highly sensitive people. Um, so they're not the same as empaths. However, they typically get lumped in together because it is a lot to, to process emotions for the collective as an empath. And, um, same thing for highly sensitive people. The definitions that I can find or the differences that I can find online um, from several different sources is saying that highly sensitive people are nearly always introverted, whereas empaths aren't always introverted. And that's kind of one of the main differences. Um, So that's just something to kind of keep in mind as you're trying to determine, you know, where you fall in the spectrum. I also will say it doesn't totally matter what you label it or if you you know kind of shift back and forth or if you're feeling more empathic than you have before in your life and maybe once this kind of period that we're in is over you kind of are not in that space anymore um i just want to offer you some tools and some resources that i have and then if they apply to you great and if they don't take the next one so first things first i think this is something that i i am still struggling with a little bit but we have to recognize that we're playing a long game right now. There are a lot of things playing out that are going to be playing out for a long time. And I think we're kind of just starting to scratch the surface of the amount of trauma that we're going to have to process based on what's happened over the last 18 months. And so it's it's something that I think we need to look at everything else in this toolkit 
through the lens of that we are playing a long-term game. There is a lot that's going to need to be processed. There are a lot of people who are waking up that are going to need our help. There are a lot of people who are coming to terms with things that are going to need our help. And so it's really, um, this is the foundation to everything else I'm going to talk about. Because when we don't recognize that we're playing a long game, it's easier to push ourselves and just say, oh, we'll just get through the next week. We'll just keep pushing. We'll just keep, you know, moving forward. And then we're going to burn ourselves out. And if we don't recognize that we're playing a long game, it's easier to do that. We are, so we need to pace ourselves. And that's where, that's to preface everything else that I'm going to say. Um, I don't say that to say that it's all going to be doom and gloom though. And that's why I compiled all of these resources. So first things first, watch what you watch. And that this is something that I'm still working on um, because some of my favorite TV shows and things that I liked to watch had like a little bit of a dystopian crime, um, you know, slant to them and so um you know like I think even back into high school like I loved the Hunger Games and the Maze Runner and stuff like that and now I'm looking at it I'm like man that's too real like I can't I can't keep watching that stuff um because it gets into your subconscious you know and you're just dreaming about you're dreaming about it you're thinking about it when you're sitting there watching you're sitting there watching overreach and um all kinds of stuff that you just don't want to think about in your downtime So watch what you watch. That means TV shows and movies and books even. Um, It also means media. I, you know, maybe um, I've not watched the news in years. It's not something that I do, Um, but I do intentionally consume um, news things, just not like, you know, letting the news run in the background kind of thing. Um, So pay attention to your media. I'm not going to tell you to stop watching the news, but pay attention to your media consumption because you're sitting at your computer just scrolling through you know, Yahoo News all day, you're just going to see, um, you know, like the the stereotypical, if it bleeds, it leads headlines. And that's just all that you're going to pick up on. So pay attention to that. Um, and even pay attention to the friends who you're following online. Like I, I follow several people online who I, um, I have to know when I want to check their stuff because I know a lot of times they're posting things that we need to see and that it's amazing that they're sharing them. But I also don't want to check that first thing in the morning or check that last before I go to bed kind of thing. And I'll talk about that a little bit in a second. But um, you just pay attention to your your friends and what they're sharing and when you're checking those things. Um, and if you're, you know, friends or following someone who is sharing things that are completely, you know, causing distress to you or, um, you know, are, are not true, just simply not true, then... Um, you know, maybe take a break or, or mute them for a little bit. So that's, that's been helpful for me to watch what I watch. Um, secondly, this is, it comes with a bit of a negative connotation, but disassociation is actually not a negative thing. And so what I mean by disassociate is take some time to actually unplug in a healthy way. And so what this does is, I actually learned this from my therapist um, last week. So what disassociation does is it activates our parasympathetic nervous system. And what that does is it allows us to move from fight or flight to rest and digest. Those are like the two modes that you can be in. And so um, to me, a a really uh, way for me to disassociate is I the other day I took a chocolate bar (laughs) and I sat down and I watched Harry Potter, the first Harry Potter movie. And it was, I mean, I completely unplugged. I was lost in Harry Potter. I was feeling all the old nostalgic feels, 
eating chocolate, like everything was great about that situation and it allowed me to actually fully 100% unplug. I didn't have my phone in the room with me, nothing. I was sitting on the comfortable couch with Duke, watching Harry Potter, eating chocolate. And that was like something that I actually needed. And it's interesting because it's not talked about a ton and sometimes it can be seen as like a negative thing, like, oh, you're just gonna, you know, bury your head in the sand or you're gonna, you know, binge and eat all the chocolate, watch all seven Harry Potter movies at once. It's not what I'm saying. Um, but intentionally disassociate, intentionally set aside time to do something that allows your brain to fully disengage, fully disengage from reality. Watch Friends, watch um, Golden Girls, whatever it is, some old TV show that's not gonna bring up anything that's going on right now. Um, and just let yourself unplug, fully unplug. And that is so critical. Like it is an actual critical strategy. It's not just something to do when you're overwhelmed. It's part of your toolkit. Um, I, in my notes, I've written windows of rage as my next point. Um, but basically what I mean by this is allowing yourself to have these outlet moments where you do check those friends who are sharing important information you do check in on the news and watch maybe the State of the Union dress address or you watch the um, most recent press conference or you watch whatever it is that you need to watch and you have these windows to process what's going on. And those processing windows can look really different depending on the day, depending on the news, depending on you as a human. Um, so sometimes for me, that is journaling, sometimes it's meditating, sometimes it's venting, sometimes it's riding my bike, sometimes it's just working out a different kind of workout. Um, I love anything that moves your body as you are doing these things because it actually moves the emotions through you and they don't get stuck and trapped in your body. Um, but you, it's not always going to be the best choice for you depending on what it is. So have these windows of time that you are available to check in and get angry and get frustrated and do your sharing and do all the things that you need to do um, and, and process them in the way that you need to process them and then go about your day using these other um, resources in the toolkit. It's really, really important that we are intentional about when we're doing that. So as you are processing these things that are coming up and as you are looking at what's going on in the world, make a list, make a um, an action plan to help. This has been really helpful for me as I was watching everything going on in Afghanistan and talking to other empaths. Like one of the overarching feelings was helplessness because what are we going to do? And so it was a really helpful exercise for me to sit down and go, okay, who is over there or who is, you know, available to help me figure out like what what we can actually go out and do. And so I started following the right people. I started seeing what links and what resources they were dropping. I started reaching out to those nonprofits. Um, SaveOurAllies.org is the one that I found out um, was doing, you know, some amazing work and is still doing some amazing work, even though they're not currently able to um, fly anybody else out right now. They're still helping um, the refugees integrate with the societies that they were placed in and working on continuing to go out and get people out of Afghanistan as they can. So um, it was helpful for me to go through and actually write down, what can I do? What can I do right now? Who can I reach out to right now? And so it kind of like helps that, that sense of overwhelm and that sense of helplessness um, when we have this list in front of us. 
Um, therapy. Therapy is, to me, mandatory for every empath. Like, non-negotiable. I think every empath needs a therapist. And I think that for a couple different reasons. One, we are processing so much. And that is just something that I think is we're able to do so much more when we're able to process and organize our thoughts and organize our emotions and organize our feelings. Um, And that is what a therapist can help us do. But also, it allows us to just have a space because especially as empaths, we um, we have this feeling when we're, you know, venting or talking to friends and family um, and whoever about everything that's going on, we don't want to dump on somebody. We can sense if they're feeling also that way and we don't want to share because we don't want to add to it. Um, You know, all of these things that come up, we want to be sure that we're not dominating the conversation. We want to be sure that we're not talking about something they don't want to talk about. And so it can leave empaths feeling really lonely, really disconnected, really disjointed. And therapy can just be that place. So it doesn't matter if you're not struggling with anything else. No anxiety, which would be pretty amazing <laughs> considering what's going on. Um, but even if you treat anxiety or even if you treat therapy as just a place to go in and talk through your feelings, empaths don't do that a lot. And that can be um, a reason why if you're an empath and you're feeling really stuck or really bottled up mm-hmm. or really like you don't have anyone to go to, um, therapy. So I strongly, huge advocate of therapy for everybody, but in past, I think it's a non-negotiable. Supplements. So supplements for me change depending on what I need. And for one thing, recently it's been sleep as an empath and processing all of this stuff. I've had a lot of racing thoughts. I've had a lot of sleepless nights. I've had a lot of, not fully sleepless nights, but pretty close, um, which is unusual for me. And so... Um, CBD, I will talk about the benefits of CBD all day long because it has been one of the main things that has helped me with my anxiety coupled with therapy and some other tools. Um, so CBD helps me a lot with my sleep. Also, um, passion flower, which is like an herb that you can take. Um, that really helps with racing thoughts. If your mind is like just going a thousand miles a minute, um, passion flower can help. Also L-theanine, which is the amino acid that's found in green tea. Of course, as I'm saying all of this, I am not a doctor. Disclaimer, do your research. Make sure you're not going to have any contraindications to anything that I'm recommending. These are what work for me. So um, I wanted to share that also. And if you're looking for CBD, uh, mysoulcbd.com is the company that I use. And I've had amazing results with them. I've tried a lot of CD, a lot of CBD over the years. And um, my soul CBD is one of my favorites. Um, as you are looking to support yourself day to day, just as things are coming up, maybe nothing huge is going on in the world, which is kind of impossible to imagine, um, but just day to day things that you can keep in your back pocket that work for me. I always have my diffusers running um, with essential oils. I'm not representative of any company. I have Young Living and doTERRA and some ones that I got on Amazon. Um, so just kind of pick some ones that work for you. I love lavender as I'm sleeping, um, peppermint and lemon or peppermint and, um, orange. I, I find if those, if I diffuse those in my office when I need to concentrate, really help me stay in the zone, which is hard as an empath because you're kind of picking up on everything. So sometimes it can be hard to focus. Um, so play around with some aromatherapy and see if that works well for you. EFT, which is emotional freedom tapping or emotional freedom technique, 
Uh, I've talked about that a lot. If you go to my Instagram, I think I have a highlight called EFT. can help uh, stop your racing mind as well. I do it every night before bed. Of course, journaling and meditating. And the last thing that I want to say is we really need to, at this point, be sure that we are doing everything to protect our time and our energy to recharge. That is mandatory. Like I I said at the beginning, like we're playing a long-term game here. And so understanding to protect, understanding how to protect our energy and understanding that saying no to something means saying yes to so many more things as an empath is really, really critical now more than ever. And so um, if that's something that you struggle with, I'm reading a book right now. I think it's called The Art of Saying No. Um, That's just been really helpful for me as I am. um, Yeah, The Art of Saying No by Damon. Uh, His last name starts as a Z. I can't see it all because there's a banner covering it. Um, But The Art of Saying No, really, really helpful as you are determining what you can say no and yes to and determining how you can best use the energy that you have because yes as an empath your energy gets zapped by you know everything that's going on in the collective and so it's really important that you learn how to manage your energy so that you can do the most hopefully all of this was helpful for you um if so you can always shoot me a message at Brittany bailey on instagram and let me know let me know what questions you have let me know if you want me to talk more about this i'm always happy to you can also find me um my email is hello at brittanybailey.com and yeah i'm thinking about you guys i love you guys and we will talk next week